The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. That's wonderful. Don't you love to see a young couple serving God, amen, singing together, and uh, that sure is a blessing, amen. At least they're not fighting in the hallway, and, uh, and, and that is neat. That is just so neat, you know, and I appreciate that so very much. I even saw Brother, Brother Ginger a few minutes ago. We were going around shaking hands, and his wife came this way, and he went that way, and he shook her hand. I thought that was great. They're friendly towards each other also. That's a blessing, amen. And so praise the Lord for that. Um, we got a good church when husbands and wives can shake hands and smile at each other. That's good church. Now, I'm not saying what you do when you get in the car, but in church, you got a good show. I mean, it's good. So I appreciate that so very, very much. Uh, Kevin, go ahead and introduce your mom, would you, real quick? Would you do that? Yeah, and that's great. Thank you all for being here so very, very much. And you all don't look like you ever changed. And so what a blessing that is. And uh, Kevin is all, our Brother Craig, sorry. Brother Craig is always changing. So what a blessing. Amen. I, I plan my sermons out like this. I pray and I ask God to put a direction on my heart. And then uh, as God puts a direction on my heart, I begin to search for truths that would help to follow the Holy Spirit in the direction that God would have me to preach to the people of whom I'm a shepherd to. And so it is tonight. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 and in verse 8, again as we read it, the Bible says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. In like matter also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness, and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but it says, which becometh women professing godliness with good works. In uh, studying the Bible, we see several things that gets our attention, such as these words found in verse 9 of 1 Timothy chapter 2 and in verse 9 where it says, in like manner also. Now in verse 8, we see this, that God is talking about how men pray. Uh, and so prayer is a very holy thing. It's a very reverent thing. You'll notice about how they're praying. The Bible says that these men are praying. They're praying everywhere. And so it's not just in one locale. But in other words, they're the same in their manner of prayer everywhere they go. In other words, they're not one way uh, in a certain place, different way in another place. It says, I, I will therefore that men pray everywhere. Then it says how they pray, lifting up holy hands. Now you remember when God brought the, uh, uh, the Israelites out of bondage, the Bible says that they came out with what? They came out with a high hand. Uh, when a person raises their hand, amen, you ever see somebody do that? They raise their hand, just like uh, when uh, people were singing a few minutes ago, people raised their hand, they said amen. When a person raises their hand, you notice there's nothing in there. That means they're not holding on to anything. Uh, because they're not holding on to anything, that means they're not controlling anything. And so, here's what it's talking about a man's prayer life. You all let God control your prayer life and not you control your prayer life. But then he says this. He says, in like manner. In other words, the lesson we just learned uh, from these men, how they were to lift up holy hands, not hold on to anything, so ought a lady to do in her 
apparel. In other words, you're not supposed to be one in control of your apparel. God is supposed to be the one in control of your apparel. There's five things that destroys men today that I have seen. There's fame. Some men can't handle fame. They become popular. They just can't handle it. It goes to their head. And before you know it, they're wasted. Uh, they can't handle fortune. Sometimes when people run into fortune, how many times have we heard somebody uh, that won the lottery? And millions and millions and millions of dollars, only to find out a couple years after that that all the money is gone. They can't handle the fortune. Uh, sometimes men can't handle finances. I'm not talking about fortune. I'm talking about finances. They can't handle a, a, a budgeting, if you will. Uh, they can't handle... Mm, budgeting, if you would please, or balancing the checkbook. I often tell couples uh, when I counsel them and they're in financial distress, one of the things I ask them is who can manage uh, the family budget better? Who can handle the checkbook better? It's not a matter of pride. It's a matter of who can do a better job. I believe this, that whoever can do the better job inside of the family should be the one that manages the checkbook. They should be the one that balances the books. Why? Because you don't want to get yourself in distress. And so there's a handling there. All men, many times, are destroyed by females. I've seen so many men that leave their married wife and they go and they chase another woman and, uh, and they're destroyed by females. Then I've seen men that's been destroyed by fakeness. You know, they, they, they put it up as a show. They're one way, uh, one place. Uh, they're almost uh, uh, like different insects you see that they change depending on their environment. Uh, the environment that they're in, they change. They want to fit with this crowd when we're with this crowd. They want to fit with that crowd when they're with that crowd. And uh, they have fakeness in their life. So let me give you some statements as I speak tonight on also modest apparel. We find that, if you will, where it talks about here in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 9, in like matter also. And so God is saying, don't leave it out. Don't leave it out. Now, I know, I know it's not a popular thing, perhaps, uh, that uh, uh, you hear a message on such, uh, but yet it is in our Bible. We need to pay attention to what God says in the Bible. And I, as a Bible preacher, am uh, mandated by God that I preach the whole counsel of the Word of God. And I found this out, that when men find something that's in the Bible, if they have the right heart, they always want to obey it. I found this out. When ladies find something that's in the Bible uh, and they have the right heart, they always want to obey it. Not because some preacher said it, but because it's in the Bible. So statement number one, we see this. Men ought to pray everywhere. So uh, the Bible says that we're supposed to pray without ceasing. That means you pray everywhere you go. Uh, don't just pray about the big things. Well, I think that uh, I have a dysfunctionable heart. Don't wait till you have a dysfunctionable heart to pray. Uh, well, I think that I might have cancer. Uh, don't wait till you have cancer to pray. Uh, well, you know, I think that we're heading for a financial bankruptcy in her home. Don't wait until you uh, have that calamity that hits your back door before you begin to pray. God says that men ought to pray 
everywhere. Now, that also means this, my dear friend. That means that when you're out for a meal, you ought not be ashamed of your God. Uh, you ought to pray everywhere. Uh, it would not be a bad thing. If you get back to the old-fashioned way and hold hands around the table and you're out in public and pray, or at least bow your head and, and pray long enough, pray long enough that people can see what you're doing. Uh, don't just shoot it up so fast that people can't see. Uh, I'm not saying you've got to pray for all the missionaries, but you might want to pray for uh, uh, things maybe a little bit longer to be able to stamp it. I said to stamp it out there so people can see what you're doing. And, uh, and it could be a witness to people. So men ought always to pray. God says they're supposed to pray everywhere. Then statement number two, uh, men ought to live holy everywhere. They ought to live holy everywhere. Now watch the, uh, the verse, if you will, uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, now watch this, lifting up holy hands. You can't lift up holy hands if you're unholy. It just doesn't work that way. If you're going to lift up holy hands, it's because you have a holy life. Uh, you say, well, I tell you what, preacher, uh, mm, you're talking about uh, maybe ladies tonight. And, yeah, but I'm also hitting on the men first because that's exactly what God did. I think the reason that some of our ladies have trouble is because we have unholy men. Now, may I say tonight that uh, here we see, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands. Now, it says this, without wrath or doubting. In other words, we're supposed to believe that God can. Oh, God, give us a nation full of men that believe that God can. You say, why? I'm telling you, because God can. That's why we ought to believe that he can. So they're lifting up holy hands, as I mentioned a moment ago. But when they lift up holy hands, that means it's empty. That means it's not in control. That means that they're giving it to God. Now, may I say, you're not supposed to be in charge of your life. You say, well, I'm in charge of my life, and I'm in charge of my family. Then you're wrong, and you're out of order. God is supposed to be in charge of your life and God is supposed to be in charge of your family. You are supposed to direct your life according to that which is God. You are supposed to direct your family according to that which is God. When you wake up in the morning and you think that you're in charge, you are out of place. God is the one that's supposed to be in charge of our lives. We'd be far better off today if we allowed God. If somebody says, well, uh, I'm sitting in the pilot seat, and I think you need to exchange seats and get God in the pilot seat and let God be the one that is in control. Statement number three, women also are to be holy in their apparel. Uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and in verse 9, the Bible says, and likewise, uh, listen to it, in like manner also. Now, we just got done talking about those men that those men are supposed to be holy everywhere uh, you notice that God is not somebody that expects one thing out of men and something different out of ladies did you notice that God says to the men I want you to be holy now he comes down to the women and he says okay I want you to be holy also he says how he says in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with uh, shamefacedness and sobriety uh, not with broidered uh, hair or gold or pearls or costly array now notice if you will please that God puts the apparel first you know why because if you have the wrong 
apparel on and you put all these shiny things all over you, it draws attention to that which is wrong. So God says, let's get the apparel first right so that when you do decorate yourself with all the necklaces and all the stuff that you women do, he says, it draws the attention to that which is uh, right. Uh, you ever see a little baby, a little baby sees something shiny on the floor, what well, they do, they go after the sparkly. We used to love, we had over 200 chickens on the farm and we would throw uh, things out there that was sparkly. I'm talking about like these bottle caps that was sparkly or, uh, or we would take those fishing lures that were sparkly when the sun would hit them and we'd throw them out in the chicken yard and those chickens would go nuts trying to pick up and peck uh, those sparkly things. Uh, so sparkly things gets people's attention. And by the way, uh, ladies, it's good for you to decorate that which is yourself with sparkly things. But you want to make sure that we keep it right. By the way, notice this, Genesis chapter 3 and verse 7, the Bible says, And the eyes of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. So they knew that they were naked, so they're going to try and come up with their own solution. So what do they do? They sew the fig leaves together at, to cover up their nakedness. Here comes God. God comes along. And God says, well, that's not good enough. So God said, I'll make you something to cover yourself up. So it went from the fig leaves that you can see between, the fig leaves that's going to blow in the wind, the fig leaves that doesn't fully cover. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 21, and on to Adam also and to his wife, notice this, uh, the man also. See, sometimes we look at this and we say, well, I tell you what, uh, God just uh, uh, treats us women unfairly. The first time, he's talking about the men, then he comes to the women. So first, I can't, uh, first time, he hits the man on the head. I'm, this is my son, I can do that. He hits the man on the head, and then, then he hits the woman on the head. Oh, you don't like that terminology, okay. So the first time, he instructs the man. Then he instructs the woman. You got that? Uh, don't... Uh, Don't leave here tonight thinking, well, I tell you what, preacher is just picking on me. If I'm picking on anybody tonight, I'm picking on you fellas first. Uh, you ought to be holy. Uh, you ought to pray. You ought to be able, if you would please, to give an example how God could work in your life in every single waking matter. But now I can't leave the women out because God put it in there. Wouldn't be fair. If I just beat up on the men, instruct the men, Here's what we see. He says that their eyes were open in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 7. Uh, so they got those fig leaves. They sewed aprons together. Here comes God along. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 21. And the Bible says, Unto Adam also and his wife uh, did the Lord God make coats of skin. Now watch this. And covered them. Did you see it? Or clothed them. He clothed them. So uh, he had clothing that he made that would cover the, not fig leaves that would blow in the wind. Uh, where you could see openings if you would. No, no. He said, I'm going to make something that is going to cover. 
Uh, so here's what God does. Uh, God says in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and in verse 9, uh, first he talks about adorning yourself in modest apparel. Then he comes back and he says, okay, uh, after you do that, then we can talk about the, uh, the, the pearls. Then we can talk about the gold. Then we can talk about the costly array. Now, I think you ought to do things decently in order. I don't think you ought to put a nice uh, uh, type of outfit on ladies and then have 50 necklaces. You're not a gangbanger. Your husband wants somebody to be tender and delicate, not somebody he's afraid to face when he comes in at night. All right, so here's what God says when he talks about that costly array. He's talking about that it needs to be done in order, if you will. It's not supposed to be something that draws attention to you. Uh, the word adorn means this. It means to put in order. It means to prepare. It means to arrange. So it would be good uh, for men and ladies as you do dress to arrange yourself. Don't have your tie way over here. Ladies, uh, don't have your outfit crooked, but to arrange yourself, to adorn yourself in order, uh, prepare, and to arrange, okay? Now, to be honest with you, uh, I think it's a shame for Christian women uh, that knows to do right and choose to do wrong. I think it's a shame for Christian women to try to be a distraction from that which is a man following God to distract him to follow them. I think that's a shame. The word apparel here, uh, it means to arrange with decency. Uh, that's talking about how she puts it on. She takes time. She plans out things. Thank God for men that know how to dress. Thank God for women that know how to dress. Thank God that somebody took time to teach you so that you don't look like the eyeball before Halloween gets here. Notice the word modest here. The word modest here, if you will, is uh, talking about that which is the way that she puts something on. In other words, uh, uh, somebody says, well, and I've seen ladies and they put the long skirts on and stuff like that, but they're in modest the way that they wear it. Uh, I'm saying this, that no matter what you put on, it should be modest in every way that you move. Hey, why be a distraction? Why not be somebody that uh, some um, young husband and some young wife looks at and says, that's the way that we ought to do it. There are some things that a lady can do in the presence of a man that does distract him when she becomes immodest. When a girl starts to get skirts that are too short or tops that are uh, too short, then what it does is it enables a man to think the wrong direction. Be careful. And by the way, you know what I'm talking about. You, you ladies ought to be saying uh, amen or a woman to this. <laughs> because when you see a woman walking, you don't want your husband gawking at women. You don't want that. Matter of fact, I know that's true. Because I've been around some of you. And all of a sudden when somebody walks by and they've got immodest apparel and, and your husband begins to look at her, you go like that. You're not saying, I love you. You're saying, quit. I'm just interpreting that for those of you that do not know. 
Your spirit should show up in your dress. You ought to dress in such a way you're helping men to serve God, not distracting them to you. Uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and in verse 9, you'll see that uh, that word apparel there, if you want to do a little study on it, it comes from the Greek word kachistole, means this, means a long draping garment. That's what it's talking about, it's draping down. So if you do a study on it, it should be a draping garment. It shouldn't be, so, you ever see girls, you ever see women, and they wear these, these skirts that are real tight, and then when they walk, it, it, it looks like two bulldogs fighting in the back. Now, I'm telling you tonight, if it's that tight, it's too tight. If there is nothing open for question, then it is wrong. You say, well, I'll tell you what, preacher, you don't have a right to tell me how to dress. I'm not telling you. God's telling you. You may not have a respect for a preacher that would teach or preach it, but you ought to have respect for God who made you. When God lays down Bible truth, when the preacher gets up simply to illuminate that Bible truth, don't get mad at him. You realize that preachers are only messenger boys? That's all we are. That's all we are. We go to the bank of uh, heaven or the post uh, office of heaven. We get the message. We bring it down and say, here's what God says. Then I'm free of responsibility. And now the responsibility is on you. Now the responsibility is on your dads to help your daughters. And so the word kachistole uh, means it, it's, it's a garment that's in a draping, it's not something that's excessively tight. Uh, look, I, I, I love our fellas. I don't want our fellas to get in trouble. I want our fellas to keep their hearts right. But if you've got girls that's just flashing everything and they're so tight all the time, there's no way a boy that has uh, uh, blood running through his veins can keep his mind in the right direction. Then why in the world would you, would you let your daughter do it? You ought to be the one that's in control of your home. A, a, a woman is going to be held accountable, I do believe, for the amount of men that lust after her. They're held accountable. You say, preacher, I don't like it. I didn't say you had to like it. But I think we have to agree with the Bible. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 28, But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman and lusteth after her, committeth adultery with her already in the heart. Well, why would you want to cause a man to do that? Men are attracted by sight. It's true. Example, we go by a car lot. We stop and say, whoa, look at that car. The wife says, what are you stopping for? What are you doing? We don't have money for that car. Oh, but honey, oh, and look at that truck. That's nothing compared to that. Go to the state fair. The ladies want to walk around, look at the little trinkets. Not us guys. Most of the time, we want to go drive the trucks. You notice when the guys get in line, they don't get in line to drive the little toy cars. They get in line to drive the massive trucks. 
You say, why? Because we want that challenge of going three miles an hour over a hill. We're guided by our eyes. Uh, you see a guy, he sees a horse, and I love horses, I know horses. I mean, we're not like on personal name basis, but, but, but I know the breeds of horses. You know, uh, I used to ride horses. Now, wait a minute, did you know that I can walk up to a horse and I can, I can tell you pretty much the type of horse it is? I can tell you what the horse would be good for and what you better not use it for? I can walk up to a horse and I can say, hi, and if he's Mr. Ed, he's gonna say hi back. <laughs> I was impressed by Patrick singing a few minutes ago. <laughs> but guys are turned on by their eyes. Can I tell you, the way to protect your girls is teach them modest apparel. What do I teach them, preacher? Isaiah chapter 47, verses 1 through 5. The Bible says, Come down, sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. It says, Sit on the ground. There is no throne, O daughter of the Chaldees, for thou shalt no more be called tender and delicate. Hey, by the way, watch this. We ought to teach our girls to be tender and delicate. Because you see, when they get married and that husband comes home, he's not looking for a wrestling match. You know what he's looking for? Sugar. Somebody to hold his hand somebody to uh, be able to cuddle hello tender and delicate it says take the millstones and the grind meal uncover the locks here it is make bare the leg uncover the thigh pass over the rivers here it is thy nakedness shall be uncovered yea it says uh, thy shame shall be seen I, I think some uh, moms don't teach it because they don't know it. I thank God for the ladies in our church. You got a great example. We have new members in this church that said this, I appreciate the way the ladies in this church dress. New members tell me that. Can I tell you I'm proud of you? Can I tell you you've done a great job? But now you need to know the whys behind the what's. The Bible says, I would take vengeance. I will not meet thee as a man, it says. And it says, for our, our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, the name of the Holy One of Israel, is sit thou, it says, silent. And it says, get thee into darkness, O daughter of the Chaldees. Thou shalt no more be called the Lady of Kingdoms. We always should want our girls to be called ladies. I teach them how to sit as ladies. Come on. Teach them when their dresses are too short. Okay, that's not appropriate. You need to change that. You say, well, I, I tell you, my daughter's going to get mad at me if I say that. Then it shows her heart. You have to train her heart. I'll give you an example. Uh, even on the platform in our singing groups, we ask all the girls to wear skirts that are mid-calf. Uh, that was here for 30 years before I ever showed up. Dr. May did that. We just followed the pattern. There's good reason for that. Uh, okay? Now, we're not saying if they wear something less than mid-calf, 
that uh, it reveals their nakedness. The Bible says when they uncover the thigh, talking about the leg as well, uh, then they're going to reveal. But can I tell you, it is better for us to be here. Some of you men, would you say amen, please? Amen. Than to be here. Amen. By the way, let me tell you about a group that you'll be impressed by. How many have ever heard uh, the uh, Mormon Tabernacle Choir. They don't need to raise your hand. You might be embarrassed, but I've heard them. They sing pretty good. You say, well, they're not Baptists. I, I know, but I've heard them sing. No, not, not personal. But you notice that even these people that do not profess Christ have a certain criteria they meet when performing. In our church, we want to have a certain criteria we meet because we're Christians. And because we have a world watching us and we want to set the right example. Uh, you know, by the way, we ask the men to do the same thing. We say, look, we'd like for you to wear a shirt, not just a tie without a shirt when you sing. We ask for you to put pants on. We don't want you to wear shorts when you sing. We don't want you to wear a, 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 a suit when you sing and then uh, flip-flops when you sing with a suit. We want you to wear a nice jacket, wear shoes. So it, it's not a double standard. It is a standard that we're trying to set to help a lost and dying world. Here it is, I'm done. Uh, men ought to pray everywhere. Uh, men ought to live holy uh, uh, everywhere. Statement number three, women are also to be holy in their apparel. Here it is, last, last point. Women's apparel should profess godliness with good works. In other words, God's saying just don't walk around being pretty. Do good works. Well, you know, God has made me, the woman says, as she fluffs her hair, puts on her makeup. No, no, no. Supposed to do good works. In other words, do something. Okay, so it says, but uh, which uh, becometh women professing godliness with good works. Here's some general rules. Ready? Uh, dress in such a way that it would commend the gospel as you being the living Bible. Because you're an epistle written and read by all men. Here we go. Uh, uh, dress for what you're doing. Dress for what you're doing. We ask those that sing specials to dress up. We have what we call a, a platform, if you would please, uh, appearance. We have a, a, a platform policies that we have. Okay. Um, so, okay, so what are we saying? We're saying this. We're saying dress the part when you're playing the part. <laughs> Statement number next. Uh, dress the suit your personality. Uh, some of you ladies, you look good in bright colors. Some of you ladies... Don't wear bright colors. <laughs> you know, uh, some of you ladies may look good in stripe. Other in line. Other in polka dot. Other in plain. You say, tell me what to do. No way. <laughs> Dress your personality. Statement number next. Never look uh, sexually, if you would please, suggestive. When you're standing in front of the mirror, if we can see every role that you have, 
in any direction, then it's too tight. By the way, can I say the same thing for men? Men, you get in these uh, pants. You ever see these pants? They're called skinny jeans. What are you, crazy? Why are you wearing those? Well, I'm wearing them because I want them to see the physique of my, of your what? Who are you trying to impress? Hey, you ever see these guys? They, they wear these muscle shirts. I mean, they're, they're tight. There's no, nothing. I mean, you know, what, are you, what are you doing? And they got, this, they got these shirts on that contours the body. And then they walk around and you laugh at them because they don't have any muscles. You know, I'm going to show off my physique. You don't have one. Why don't you dress in a way that draws attention to God? Why has it got to be about you? Why are you the one that's so important? I just want the guys to pay attention to me. You got a wrong heart. Well, I just want the girls to pay attention to me. You've got a wrong heart. We should be serving God and putting God first in our lives. Statement number next. And, and lastly, okay, never look cheap. Never look cheap. Uh, you'll spend lots of money going to ball games. Why don't you spend a little bit of money buying some nice clothes? Don't always look like you're working in the garden. You don't have that many gardens. Don't always walk around just looking cheap. You say, don't say that. My wife is sitting beside me. Now she's going to say, you heard what pastor said, didn't you? I'm not always supposed to look cheap. Cough it up, Bubba. By the way, can I help you fellas? Don't compare your wife to somebody else's wife. Don't go and say, I wish you dressed like her. She always dresses pretty. Now, if you're going to say that, you better cough it up. Matter of fact, while you're coughing it up, she's going to give you a frying pan upside the head. Don't do that. Don't, don't go home and say, did you see so-and-so? Here's what she's going to say. Why are you looking at so-and-so? You were born on the wrong farm upside down. Let's practice men, modest apparel, living holy before a holy God. Ladies, you practice that which is modest apparel, living holy unto God. You'll enjoy life a whole lot more. Yeah. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for the privilege to be able to come and open a Bible, learn and grow. Thank you for joining us today. For more audio or video content, you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.